Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, who are excited to introduce their all new Rate Shield Approval. If you're in the market to buy a home, Rate Shield Approval is a real game changer, and here's why Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop, and if the rates go up, your rate stays the same. If rates go down, your rate also drops. So you win either way. It's the kind of thinking you would expect from America's largest mortgage lender. And to get started, just go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool. It's Tuesday, September 4th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio, Massachusetts' favorite son, Matt Argerson. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, you know what? There's probably someone out there who actually is Massachusetts' favorite son. They're like, wait a wait, minute. Wait, no, 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 no. Not in terms of this show. <laughs> um, so, we're going to talk about some news out of Massachusetts as we get ready to kick off the NFL season. And yes, we're going to talk about Nike. We've got to start, though, with JD.com. And this is uh, that's why Maddie's in the studio, so he can explain what is going on. Um, JD.com, second largest e commerce company in China after Alibaba, shares down 6% this morning and hitting an 18 month low on the news that CEO Richard Liu. Was arrested on suspicion of criminal sexual conduct. He was released. Um, this took place over the weekend in Minneapolis. Uh, what? I have so many questions. I'm not really sure where to start here. Um, but I guess the, the the thing that just struck me right off the bat was, wait a minute, what what's going on in? No disrespect to Minneapolis, Minnesota, but what's going on in Minneapolis that the that the CEO of you know that the billionaire CEO of the second largest e-commerce company in China is hanging out there. Well, he he's there because he's doing um, an an executive doctoral program, and this this university in Minneapolis has a relationship with this really prestigious university in China where he's actually doing most of his studies, uh, and so. There's a reason for him. I was kind of befuddled by that too. What is he doing in Minneapolis? What is he pursuing a degree? But that explains that. The news, though, about the the accusation, it's um, we we know very little, um, but the facts so far suggest to me that this was either a terrible misunderstanding, and I mean terrible, or he was p- potentially targeted by someone, uh, maybe someone or some organization looking to. Solely his reputation, frame him as a criminal. I'm not sure, and I'm only saying this, and I don't know the facts, but I'm only saying this because even if there was very little evidence, I find it hard to believe that the Minneapolis police force would release him without bail and let him go back to China if there really wasn't, you know, if there really was something to this. And so it's just strange to me that. You know, he was arrested. He was in jail. He was released. He denies any wrongdoing, right? And and his lawyer, who's by the name is Earl Gray, which I think is fantastic, <laughs> said it's you know highly unlikely that any charges will ultimately be brought. Um, so there's that. But then there's also, of course, well, the reputation right now is is pretty sullied, um, and so in many ways the damage might already be, have been done. So uh, this is a company that you've studied for a while, and we've talked about. Plenty of companies in other industries where the leadership of the company is one of the main reasons for the bull case for that company and for that stock. When you look at JD.com, up until last weekend, how much was Richard Liu a part of the bull case for buying shares of JD.com? Unfortunately, I would say to me, and I think most analysts here would would say about seventy-five percent. Wow. He he's a founder of this company. He owns a major stake in the business. 
he essentially has spearheaded the company's growth for you know two decades. Um, he controls 80% of the voting power. He makes all the big decisions that uh, for JD.com. And so when I say the damage is already done, you also have to understand he he's also a bit of a celebrity in China. He's also married to a celebrity, and so in many ways he's he's a billionaire. Um, and you mentioned that JD.com is the second largest e-commerce company. It's actually the largest retailer, direct to consumer retail by size, by revenue. Um, so this is he's a big figure in China. He, he's kind of it's it's as if he's Jeff Bezos, but if Jeff Bezos was more public than he is, you know, in the United States. And I think that's kind of how you define uh, Richard Liu in China. Uh, and so I, and I so I agree. An investment in JD.com to me is an investment in Richard Liu. Um, and not only that, you have major corporations like Walmart. Uh, Alphabet, Tencent, who have invested in JD, had partnered with JD, and to what extent does this story, if it goes anywhere, hurt you know their interest in working with JD.com in the future? I, I, a lot of risks have sort of bubbled up now, and so um, I, if you're a proud shareholder of JD.com, and I am a proud shareholder, or I was, you feel a little bit less proud, you feel a little less worried, uh, you feel a little more worried today, a little more anxious. On the flip side, and we've talked before about it's been kind of an odd year for Chinese stocks. When you look at some of the biggest players, you look at Alibaba, iQiyi, Baidu, stocks that are as a group down around 20% or so year to date, in some cases more than that. And so I think the last time you were in the studio, you said something to the effect of, hey, if these things go any lower, they're going to start looking absurdly cheap. Um, in the case of JD.com, it's at an 18-month low. I mean, for anyone who's trying to be opportunistic, easy for me to say, um, (laughs) it seems like maybe now is the time to take a long look at this, because if, if he is completely exonerated, and you factor in all the partnerships, his leadership continues, you know, that sort Mm -hmm, of thing, mm -hmm. then of all the Chinese stocks that we've talked about, this might be arguably the one that is the most undervalued at this I, point in time. I agree. I mean, I thought I thought it was cheap at forty dollars a share, and now it's under thirty today after the news. Um, it's trading for less than less than one times its annual revenue. Uh, you can actually strip out a lot of parts of the business, the logistics business, the finance business, and it's even cheaper if you're just valuing the you know the core e-commerce business. So I do think. I mean, China stocks across the board are cheap. My only hesitation with JD, and I would say the same with Alibaba, it's you are a little bit betting on the the entrepreneur or at this at this point the tycoon behind this company. And if if this does if this story does go anywhere, I don't think it will. But if it does, I, even JD as cheap as it is, I I'd, I'd wait for more news. I'd wait for confirmation. You mentioned Jeff Bezos. Um... Earlier today, we'll see if this holds up because we're taping this in the middle of the market's trading day. But earlier today, Amazon did hit the one trillion dollar mark in terms of its market cap. So, congratulations, you called it. Now, granted, <laughs> Apple got there a few weeks before, but a few I, weeks, a but few I, weeks. but I still think that uh, your your prediction that they become the first to two trillion, I think. Excellent shot at that. I, I'm I'm sticking with that. So you know, if you're interested in, in a double or nothing on that, I, I <laughs> I'm I'm good. Yeah, but I, you're right that Bezos is not very public. But as as we were chatting about right before we started taping, he has two speeches that he's giving in the Washington D.C. area later this month, and one of them is uh, to the Economic Club of D.C. If they hold true to their promise that they announce by the end of the year that. Uh, where their second headquarters is going to be, I don't know. 
You think you think he drops it? Do you think do you think he says, "Oh, and by the way, I'm happy to announce that our second headquarters will be and it's either Washington D.C., Montgomery County, Maryland, or Northern Virginia?" It would be the stage to do it. I mean, I think and you know, he has a house here. Um, this I hope Ron Gross isn't listening to this <laughs> this podcast. But no, I think that that would be the stage to do it. Um, and you know, we just haven't heard much, but I know I think you were te- you were looking at the betting figures earlier. It looks like Northern Virginia might actually be the odds-on favorite right now. Right now. Yes, if for those who engage in that type of uh, uh, pastime or betting activity, yeah. Uh, yeah, the offshore right now, the literally the betting favorite is Northern Virginia. So yeah. for as much fun as it would be for me personally, for Amazon's second headquarters to be one mile from Ron Gross's home, that would just provide so much entertainment. Uh, it, it may actually be instead pretty close to where I live. So, in other words, your traffic and your <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Nike shares are falling a bit this morning on the news of Nike's latest ad campaign. This is the 30th anniversary of the iconic "Just Do It" campaign, and it features Colin Kaepernick. Uh, a photo of Colin Kaepernick with the um, inscription, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything, just do it. And I'm sure Nike knew exactly what they were doing when they picked Colin Kaepernick, when they picked uh, this ad campaign. And I'm sure they knew that there was going to be back as there is. There is some backlash from people who mm-hmm. don't like the protests that that Kaepernick has undertaken over the last couple of years. Um, and uh, even with the stock dropping about three percent, Nike shares still up twenty five percent year to date. Yeah, I mean, what's the old adage in news? Or any any news is good news. One, any publicity is good publicity. Right, in advertising, I think, yeah, it's something just like that. Any attention is good attention, and that's exactly what Nike's getting because we're talking about it, and you know, millions of people. And if you check Twitter and Facebook, a lot of you know, everyone's kind of engaging with it on social media. It's it's big news, and Nike has a reputation for kind of being making bold calls. Uh, I think this is for them. It's going to be a couple steps forward, one step back. I think they're going to. There's going to be some a little bit of outrage. I think some people are not going to be. Um, you know, are going to say, well, I'm, not, "I'm never buying Nike again." And then, of course, they they will a few months later. Um, but it's yeah, it gets them in the news and uh, it'll alienate some fans. Um, but I think that Nike's going to get more value out of this than they lose, and that's kind of what they do with a lot of these. I mean, I I was I remember back to. Dennis Robin at one point had a kind of a big campaign with Nike when they launched a shoe, and you know he wasn't exactly the most uh, you know he had a bit of a rep, and he still yes. does. But you know they they've had you know celebrities or sports athletes uh, who have um, ultimately moved the needle for them and and caused a lot of stir. And I but it's usually for the benefit of Nike. Well, and I'm not a Nike shareholder, um, though I certainly wish I have been over the last 10 years. Um, I am an Under Armour shareholder. And so, looking at it through the lens of Nike's competitors, I just sort of watch, I'm watching this story play out. And I would love to, just selfishly, I would love to imagine that this presents an amazing opportunity for Under Armour and for Adidas, any of those competitors. I don't know that it ultimately does. I, I just I think that you know, as is often is the case with uh, sports retail, it comes down to the equipment. It comes it comes down to how good are the shoes. Yes, marketing is part of it, but you know, Under Armour uh, back in the heyday of Under Armour, it was because they were making athletic apparel that um, really resonated 
uh, with athletes and sort of weekend warrior types and all that sort of thing. Um, in the case of Nike, uh, yeah, they've they've you look over the last thirty years of the Just Do It campaign and various campaigns, they're not immune to uh, putting out people putting out controversial ad campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly hasn't hurt the long-term performance of the business or the stock. No, and I think Nike's one of the few companies that kind of has. Um, I'm trying to. I'm searching for the right word. Maybe gravitas to do something like this, where you know, an Under, an Under Armour. If Under Armour had done this, it feels like more of like an all-in bet, right? Under Armour is making a pretty controversial statement. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to really galvanize themselves, the brand, in front of a select um, audience. Um, and it could have been. It could have been. There could be a lot more backlash. It could have. Turned against them. Where Nike, you know, I think Nike has just such that reputation of going back decades of doing things like this. And like I said, I think the loyal Nike shopper who might be a little mystified by this, in a couple months they're back probably buying Nike again just because they love the product. And we did see a little, a sort of a a smaller sports apparel version of what we saw play out with Facebook earlier this year, where you had people. Because of privacy concerns, were upset at Facebook, and they said, "That's it. I'm shutting down my Facebook account. I'm only going to be on Instagram now." <laughs> and I saw a few people on Twitter who were like, "I'm never buying Nike again. I'm only buying Converse." And it's like, I hate to break it to you, but Nike also owns Converse. Right. So, uh, quick shout out to our friends at Rocket Mortgage uh, from Quicken Loans. Uh, they're doing a little something to make home buying easier. And uh, to just cut down on the anxiety that comes with home buying, uh, they've got something they're calling the power buying process. And here's how it works Quicken Loans will verify your income, assets, and credit in less than 24 hours to give you a verified approval. And that gives you the strength of a cash buyer. And so once you're verified, you qualify for their all new exclusive rate shield approval. They'll lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. And the best part is if rates go up, your rate stays the same. And if rates go down, your rate also drops, so you win either way. By the way, I was on the wrong side of that one time. The last, I, the last time I refinanced my mortgage, oh boy. it was years ago. It was one of those like, oh, I got this rate, and then sure enough, like two weeks later, someone at the office was like, oh, I just cut, and basically his rate was lower than mine, and I had to sort of bite my tongue and not. And you just ended up hating him forever after that. You never told him. But. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, it's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. And to get started, just go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool. Retail approval only valid on certain 30-day purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. The NFL season kicks off Thursday night. The Super Bowl defending champs, the Philadelphia Eagles, will host the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts has promotions with a whole bunch of teams um, in the NFL, um, mainly sort of the the Mid-Atlantic, the the Northeast. Um, I noticed it at the Dunkin' Donuts shop right across the street from Fool HQ. Hockey season, they've got you know you get Washington Capitals branded cups, so they they're into the hockey too. Um, bit of a snafu up in Massachusetts mm. because uh, you know if you're in New York City, they've got the branded New York Giants cups, and um, people in Massachusetts got a little bit of a surprise uh, over the weekend when they ordered an iced coffee from Dunkin' Donuts, and it was served in a commemorative Philadelphia Eagles cup. And I'll just remind the folks who are not big sports fans, that in the most recent Super Bowl, the New England Patriots lost, 
to the Philadelphia Eagles. In somewhat heartbreaking fashion. In somewhat heartbreaking fashion. And that, you know, that's that's a... Look, I don't think it does long-term damage to same-store sales in Massachusetts for Dunkin' Donuts, because... Well, it's, because it's Dunkin' Donuts and yeah. it's Massachusetts, but part of the daily grind. It is, but that's that's a ah oh, man. I mean, I hope someone is maybe not losing his or her job over that, but I hope someone is getting a stern talking to, a warning of some sorts, because it's like, come on, I mean, it's what it'd be bad enough if it was, I don't know, the New York Giants. It would, you know, right. The, the Cleveland Bal- Browns or the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Any of those would be bad. The Eagles. This is the team that just beat them in the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm just wondering: Did the manager not ever look into the the packaging and say, "Oh, as he's you know, as they're unwrapping all these you know cups to get out, that like it's got the Eagles on it"? I just can't believe it. But I mean, let, let me tell you: You think people are talking about this Colin Kaepernick thing in Massachusetts? <laughs> They couldn't care less about Nike or Colin Kaepernick. They're just talking about this. I'm surprised if that. I wouldn't be surprised if they're boycotting this particular Dunkin' Donuts or wherever this is happening. Do you think you think WEEI Sports Talk Radio? You think they're doing four hours on this today? No, they they, this, they led with this. I mean, they're yeah. They might even bring Tom Brady on to talk about this. Exactly. I mean, outrageous. Sully from South Boston, you're on. <laughs> That's right. Go ahead with your rant against Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, Matt Argusinger, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interests in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.